Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, the first Richard Bellelli episode of 2022, as we greet the new year with working three jobs to stay broke, endless vigilance against vanishing liberties, who exactly is coming for you? the gun fetish of the USA that even Canada doesn't understand, all while Bellelli goes to Maui. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bellelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, Batten down the hatches and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fine episode of the motherfucking Drunken Dows podcast. You boys are here to delight your ears. I hope you like them. Uh, Rich was just listening to our old episodes. He was commenting about how the energy sounded cracking. So I think he's motivating himself. I went way back. I went way back. Chris Ryan, like episode 13, 14. Who were those kids? Right. They were believing it. That was uh, was 10 years ago. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, let's roll into 211 then. Yeah. Let's give it in, uh, <laughs> let's give it some shout outs <laughs> to uh well, guess who's still around from back then? Shore Design T-shirts. Hell yeah. They are awesome. I love them. They are fantastic. So if you want to check out some great T-shirts, check them out because they are great people. Also, shout out to grasslandbeef.com for feeding us some fantastic food. So you know, these days, lots of grocery shopping happen online. Check these guys out, grasslandbeef.com. They have a really high-quality products, so and they are nice to us, so please check them out. Speaking of people who are nice to us, new folks who choose to be nice to us, robotanics.com. Ooh, they're here. Yes, robotanics.com. They got CBD products. Uh, they use also some of the other minor cannabinoids, CBN, CBG, that kind of stuff, but primarily CBD. Help with sleep, help with immunity. They have a roll-on for muscle aches and pains, which I love for jujitsu days. So check these guys out, robotanics.com. And speaking of jiu-jitsu, also shout out to zebraathletics.com for providing the awesome mats in my garage. You know, I just saw today a report that that CB, did you say G and N? Yeah. That may reduce COVID. Really? It may protect your cells from COVID, which means Gretchen will never get it. Because she's loading up on... Uh, Shit, it's a 40-year series of it. That's yes. good. Nice. <laughs> well, so that puts the accent on when I said help with sleep and immunity. Maybe that could be a yeah, thing. Yeah, there's a study that just came out. Sweet. So on that note, of course, shout out to the folks keeping the drunk in the drunken Taoist, Aum Cellar and MaterraWines.com. And uh, what else? I guess let's say thank you to the sweet folks who choose to not only, well, first, thank you to all of you guys who listen. That's always appreciated. And also thank you to the folks donating. Now, we have been kind of lagging in terms of episode releases, so we are like on a much slower pace as of late. We'll try to make up and release a little more often. So the list of uh, people who donated is long, and we really appreciate it because we say thank you too. Let the pottering begin. Nick Zunik. Uh, Nick Zunik and Lisa Robles actually by now managed to get two cycles in because it has been so long. Impressive. Uh, Andre Garapetian, Geoffrey Stewart, Ray Cole, Nicola Togni, Froggy Style Production, Jim D'Amico, Samuele Rudelli, David Dodds and Ariel Hall, Donald Chipwitten, Lane Raper, Stephen Rados, Yanni Linnima, Luis Peschera, Jesse Ratakanga, Stephen McKee, Jonathan Waterloo, Clayton Payne, Austin Stilwell, Aaron Weisner, Frederick Hahn, David Dodds, Thomas Robinson, Aistis Juska, John Vergara, Ed and Carrie. I'm going to try your last name. Let me 
take a breath for that one because <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Eden Curry. Okay, uh, this is challenging game. Oh, I gotta have a look. Ole Fee. Eden Curry. I am so sorry. I have no idea how to do this one. Um, Ofarwitz? That's. Owitz would be the end. Olefirowitz? Olefirowitz. it is. Uh, yes, probably it's not. With the best of them. Yes, probably it's not, <laughs> but it, it sounds more convincing than my complete silence. You know, so, uh, act like you know what you're doing. Adam Carey, thank you. And also, <laughs> sorry for the last name butchering. That was excellent. But uh, yeah, so thank you so much to all the sweet folks who have donated. We really, really appreciate. Uh, of course, thank you to anybody who has been using our Amazon link. Um, that's also very much appreciated since many of you shop on Amazon. And by going through our link, you don't have to spend a dollar more and it helps us out. That would be dbamazing.com. Anything else you need to throw out there before we get rolling? The Kiva stuff continues to roll on, Kiva.org, coming down $25 to change somebody's life out there in the world. I mean, it is going to be $200,000 in, in loans provided by your fellow listeners, which forever, no matter what happens going forward, that will always be epic and much appreciated and outstanding, and thanks a million. Indeed. So, in light of that, let's get the episode rolling. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's make this happen. <laughs> so I'll um, I'll tell you something. I, I had this weird thought the other day while waking up. I was thinking about gun culture in the United States. And, you know, let me preface. I don't think anyone here at the table has anything specifically against guns or we are, you know, we have all owned guns. We have, so there's none of the obsessive anti-gun thing just as a moral position. No, I just don't think people need machine guns. Yeah, and also, yes, that's for sure. Hunting rifles, pistols, I understand. It ain't great, but I'm not going to do away with it. And if there's a fetish about guns, oh, like in the US. In the US, a gun is not just, a, oh, you use it for hunting or you use it for home protection as a backup plan or whatever. It's, uh, or even for, oh, I just enjoy going to the range and shooting kind of thing. There's a serious fetish going on regarding guns in the US that even in Canada, where they have a lot of guns, they use a lot of guns, you don't really see the same level of real i can't find another word other than fetish to uh and one of the ways in which is justified typically which i find the weirdest one of all of the justifications is the we need it so that i'll be ready when they come to try to take my freedoms away yeah which is a funny thing to say <clears throat> in a country where you're not free to do what you want with your body in regard of what drugs you decide to consume or are, what uh, medical procedures you might need or want. Correct. Or, speaking of medical, uh, in most states you take a murder charge if you help some loved one with a terminal illness go more peacefully. Or uh, you are not free what to do with your body when it comes to selling sex in exchange of money. Or... Uh, or even just the very system as a whole where, <clears throat> you know, you have, ins like, well, start with the basics of the irony of all this. The one country on earth with the highest incarceration rates of anybody, ridiculously high level of homelessness in inner city, largely due to an untreated mental illness, not only, but that's a big part. It's a huge part. Um, everybody being one, I mean, unless you have a solid medical insurance through your job, but otherwise one medical emergency away from complete and total bankruptcy. 
but clearly you'll need it when they come to take your liberties away. And it's like, um, you may have noticed there are a few issues already in that department. When yeah. it, what liberties are we talking about exactly? Talking about you're not going to take my <clears throat> gun, goddammit. Yeah, or what, they are going to teach critical race theory in school? Is that the liberty that you're worrying Man, about? Or? anything. Well, they, they, apparently the Fox News Christmas tree got burned down. And they just went wild over that. Right. This is the end of time. This is this oh, whole yeah, war course. on Christmas thing. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm not seeing any decorations in Southern California. There's not a light right, or right. a bobble or a tree. Yeah. Anybody who dares try it, it's oh, all yeah. removed it, it, they, in the cover They get lined up against the wall and shot, correct? Yeah. yeah. So these, no, it's... When you listen to folks that have never traveled, you're wasting your time. Yeah, and... Uh... And that's, in fact, speaking of travel, it's one of the things about American culture that outsiders have no idea what's going on when it comes to guns. And I'm not only talking about the, um, the places where they have super strict gun laws and nobody owns guns. Even in the places where people own guns in solid amounts are still puzzled by the way the topic gets treated in the U.S. That's pretty much different from anywhere else in the world. So it's. Uh, Did you see any of these Christmas cards? These um, oh yeah, members yeah. of the House of Representatives are putting out. Everybody carrying their guns. And Just the everybody whole, uh, strapped with a damn machine gun. I, yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. What's the message there exactly? I mean, I saw a, a clearly Christian Christmas tree behind them. Right. Of course. Which line did Jesus say? Make sure you're armed to the teeth in case. You got to kill the neighbors or something. Yeah, but I think that's the part that's interesting. In case of what? Well, you know, when they come, man, I'm going to be ready. Right. Who's coming? And who's going to protect Who, you from the the missiles that come in first as they right. soften up the target a few days in advance? And who's coming and for what exactly? Because it's... Well, they want your little pea shooter, man. Because right. that's, tyranny. That's the, that's the part that gets interesting, you know, and... Uh, so it's weird. It's an interesting one about American culture that really, if you try to have a conversation with pretty much anyone else around the world, they look at you like, uh, okay, that's weird. We got more guns than people. Yep. That yep, by itself yep. is just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all that is weird. I find I find it even weirder when you adapt the rationale of the, which I think is the implied rationale of the Christmas cards you're referring to, is you no, know, we are proud defenders of liberty, all <laughs> having our gun, including our eight-year-old kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but again, what liberty are we talking about? Because when you measure it by most metrics, there are 10,000 ways in which currently in US you don't have a lot of personal freedoms and nobody's going on a rampage over that. So it's like, what? and I don't think being strapped to the teeth is actually how much liberty's going on when you got to be armed and ready at all times. Yeah, you think if things seems... were good and you could just sit in front of your tree with your ugly sweaters and have a nice picture with your family. That seems like things might be a little better if that was the situation. Yeah. And is it meant as a threat? Right? Are you threatening the rest of us? Yeah, it's curious. It's definitely curious, to say the least. It's one of those that I'm like, uh, okay, that's just weird. There's but. a great new podcast. It's not that new now. It's been about a year. But it's called Unfucking the Republic. Mm. And they just go, you know, from the damage Milton Freeman has done mm -hmm. and just step by step. And it's really a fascinating show. And I think our we've spent four or five years now trying to figure out where the center point is, where the common ground yeah. is. And I posted that last week on Twitter and people went crazy. Like there is no common ground. So mm. don't not waste your time. Wow. Damn. And these are folks that are leaning our way. Yeah, that's uh, it's a problem. Not because it's not necessarily untrue. Maybe it is true. Who knows? I'm, Attitude I'm, wise, I it definitely a, is. It's a problem because what exactly is the solution? That you shoot each other until there's no one who thinks differently on the other side? It's like, in what fan, in one way or another, you need to make it work. Yeah. What do you think is the one that works the best? And I'm not saying that there's an easy solution. I don't think there is, but I think it's probably not throwing your hands up and say there is absolutely no way maybe maybe that's not the way to go no you know so um, i understand the frustration i do and i, I worry about the response because 
I was some, hoping somebody would have something to offer. It was like, no, uh, the fascists, I'll never be on their side. Right, right, right. And that's understandable. I get it. <clears throat> it's not a good scenario, but uh, it doesn't, because the next logical step is not a good one. <laughs> so let's... Um, as, as a historian, yeah. have we always known that the Civil War was never settled? Like, yeah, I mean... The, the, those Reconstruction days when for a moment there was a glimmer and then it just all Jim Crowed shut and that was it. You know what's weird, though? Yes, there's that for sure, but also clearly it extends beyond just the geographic boundaries of back then, right? It's a cultural thing to some degree. And it kind of makes you wonder if the only thing that keeps it in check is the fact that everybody's got Netflix and they get to watch shows and they have the food full of stuff, you know, the fridge full of stuff. Uh, Like, there's enough comfort that nobody wants to really take it to the next step. But definitely in terms of rhetoric and hatred out there, there's a lot. That's for sure. So I guess on on a different note... To, uh, now that to go away from the rhetoric and <laughs> hatred, I'll tell you something funny. We haven't had, well, we won't make it a formal Isabella moment, but Ooh. close enough. Um, bom, bom, bom. Last year, I think, she um, they tested her for, uh, for her English skills. You know, one of those stand- standard tests that they do to kind of check where you're at, which grade you should be at, and all of that. And so they said, oh, shit, when it comes to English, you are just literally off the chart. You are so not even 12th grade. You, you should basically be in college. Unfortunately, that accent you have attached to it makes it impossible for anybody to understand. <laughs> well, that would says. be my accent, oh, not oh, hers. Oh, 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 oh. No, no, that was for, yeah, that she was escaped, for his, she right? that one. <laughs> so being 11, being told, like, you should be in college, normally should be flattering. Isabella's response was like, hey, I've seen now a lot of college student rights. I read some of the papers they turn in. I hope they're not comparing me to those guys. Oh! And I was like, Jesus, I, I can see that you lack self-esteem. We need to work on that a little bit. That's always that's a tough not, one, you know. Because uh, <laughs> that's not quite working well enough for you. Well, but, it's always uh, nice to be humble. Yeah. Oh, speaking of good things, since we're... Um, mentioning and we can probably actually you know what let's do it the other way around let's go into the heavy stuff first and let's swing to the good later all right so you've been teased the good stuff later yes there is a carrot at the end (laughs) um, well i mean we hinted when we're talking about the gun stuff about some of the serious problem with economics in u.s in the sense that, uh, and you know, we're not making a hardline communist argument. Fuck that. You know, there's enough evidence to show that that shit never goes well. You'll love the boot factory. I don't know why you have a good job. Right. You get new boots every three years. Right. However, there is something to be said about the fact that, yeah, wealth, distribution of wealth, when you find, and this holds true in any society historically, when distribution of wealth is horrendously skewed and the vast majority share a small portion of the total wealth and the super tiny 1%, 0.1% share the most, usually it's not a very stable society. You know, you see it with the Roman Republic, you see it, you know, you see it throughout history time and time and time again. And this is very much where we're at. Now, granted, the... Um, there's a baseline in U.S. where there's a certain level of prosperity that people have that usually people, even in conditions of poverty, you have things that 100 years ago people would have been like, God damn, that's like heaven. You know, it's like you got a hot shower, you got a functioning toilet, you got a TV. Oh, my God. You know, what the hell is that? However, there's also the fact that I'm working a dead-end job. I never get ahead. I'll always be behind. I'm always looking to kind of work the system a little bit. I'm always willing to maybe even steal or grab something because I can't possibly get everything I need from what I'm getting. I work three jobs just to stay broke. That's pretty much where it's at. The The company I work for made billions of dollars in profit and paid no taxes. Yep, yeah, yeah. People are just going to know. Yeah, there, I think there are the end problems is very with that. near, man. I don't know how much longer it can hold on, but one more good little trouble. Yeah, because you see, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because you see what happened. Like if you look at average cost of living compared to, let's say, 15 years ago. Yeah. 
20 years ago, something like that, there's a ton of goods that are at least tripled in value. Average income has not tripled in value. No, worker productivity has gone off the charts since we deregulated in the 80s. Right. But nobody's making any more. The fact that the, the... the minimum wage has not changed. Yeah. I mean, and that's Is what... Is it 12 years? It's something crazy like that. I was asking people uh, after visiting Hawaii, which is such a fantastic and beautiful place. Yep. But you start thinking, you know, Hawaii is... If you think most other parts of US are expensive, take it 10 notches up when it comes to Hawaii. Hawaii is really expensive in yep. everything. <clears throat> Housing, food, you name it, right? And so then you start wondering... How does everybody can afford it here? And, you know, there are a bunch of really rich people who come here and have their houses or whatever. But there's also a bunch of people who are working the bar, who are working the yeah, waitressing the job, who are working the hotels, who are working a ton of this job. And I was like, how does that add up? And the reality is that it adds up because most people have three jobs. Most of them live uh, in eight people in a two-bedroom kind of thing, multi-generational arrangement where, and I mean, that's not the most sustainable thing to keep it going to. So stuff like that, where you realize that the ratio is so damn uneven in a way that just, uh, just in terms of inflation, you know, the salaries have not kept up with cost of living climbing up. Not even close. That does create a problem. And, um, I mean, I was thinking even about what I do, right? Because I was thinking, if you forget History on Fire, which has been my salvation, if you look at, like, what had been my main thing for the past 20 years, which has been teaching college, you figure, oh, teaching college, you know, you you work on advanced degree to get to that point. That's a stable, well-paying thing. Here is the gig. I never got a full-time gig. They usually want a PhD for that. And even then, it's a lottery to try to get it. And there are 10,000 facts. So I don't have a full-time gig. What I do have is part-time gigs in many places. Yep. Now, when I add up... I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Right. When I add up, in order to make the money that a full-timer makes, I have to teach almost exactly twice as much. So the number of... Like, if... Typically, let's say, forget the research universities where they do other stuff, just talking purely about like community college level where it's primarily teaching and not a whole lot else. The maximum that a full-timer will teach is maybe 10 to 11 courses a year, typically, if you add summer to it. Right. I teach, currently I'm scheduled to teach 20. Jesus. That's literally double full-time in order to make one salary. You know what I mean? So it's like, and now I make it work because after 20 years, I found enough way to cut corners to make it happen so that I can do it in uh, not on a double full-time hours. I can still put it all together. But this is just me bending over backwards in uh, incredible style to pull it off. Yeah. Not because, I mean, if you look at like... um, you teach, let's say, you know, you, you're not doing badly as a part-timer. You got a couple of gigs. You're teaching three courses a semester, which is not a lot, but it's not crap either. Yep. You probably take home uh, $1,800. Now, $1,800, make it $2,000. let us say you're lucky. Let's do $2,000. We make it even. Yep. $2,000 to live in Southern Cal, you're not even paying rent you're not even paying mortgage you're not even paying any of that let alone no. once you start adding so you really start getting to the point where it's like who the hell can afford to do these jobs where it just and again this is not flipping burgers and mcdonald no. which you still need you still need people who do those jobs sure. and can afford to survive let alone when you move up the scale in terms of what has been required to get to the point, the investment to get to the point, and you still don't make your money back or even break even. It's like, yeah, yeah, something is off in that balance. Something is not adding up. There's so many things off. I mean, editor work, Mm -hmm. that's 50 to $75 an hour on a big project. Right. And that's amazing if you can get it. But one thing nobody ever thinks about is as a freelancer, you have to pay a self-employment tax. Of course. So that half of FICA and all the federal stuff, yeah. you got to make up that as well. Yeah. 
And then there's the notion that these are, you know, these are 12 week jobs. These are, you know, if right. you're lucky, it'll go on for six months. But and of then, course, then you're going to be waiting for the next one for a long time. So it does balance itself out a little bit. But I mean, and those editors just went on strike and they bent over and took whatever the producers gave them. So they made no gains at all. Yeah, because usually in that gig, because is uh, whenever it can see in job, you don't have medical insurance. Oh, so again, not. you are one Unless medical you're part of the union. So there's right. more money they'll take from yeah. you. And the, I mean, the really amazing thing is how Netflix and Disney, mm -hmm. they were all like, well, we just, we don't know if this streaming stuff is actually going to work. Right. And <clears throat> just to pay you guys, there's members of film crews that have 20 years experience that are doing 17, 18 dollars an hour. Yep. These are like yep. experts in their field. Of course. Of and course. what they always dangle over them is I can find 20 people to replace you in the morning. Of course. Of course. So they all crawl back and okay, you know, 16 hours a day ain't that bad. Yeah. That's where is not usually a sign of a society that has its foundation set on a stable basis. Well, we clearly do where... not. Everything is, everything is all the gains from the pandemic went mm -hmm. to the t top 10%. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, I'm curious uh, how you guys do it out there. Because, again, it's not that there's, it's impossible. Clearly, people, some people are managing to make lots of money long term. Some people are managing to at least make some good money for a while. Some people are, there are options. It's not that it's all complete doom and gloom. But what do you think that is? 17%? I don't know. That's 15%? Right. That's... Uh, nobody I know. Yeah. Depends also, of course, on where you live and cost of living. Because clearly, especially if you work remotely, if you work remotely and you're getting a California salary, but you live in Kentucky, hell, you have it made. You know, even on a... Yeah, well, the tornadoes would have taken you. Yeah. Right, <laughs> there's that, but but you know what I mean. It's like there's, but still, it's interesting to see how some of this stuff works when you do the math. It's like how long does this work? Because yeah, you look at. Uh, I mean, sometimes when I walk into a not even super fancy, just a nice neighborhood. And you know what the housing prices are. I almost want to look through the windows and like, who are these people who can afford this house and that house and that house? And I always assume, assume they've all always owned them for the past That's twenty years. What else could it chance. possibly be? That's a huge percentage. There's that for sure. Because there's nobody coming out here buying it, and who would? Right. I mean, my neighborhood, these balsam wood constructed pieces of shit on tiny little chunks mm -hmm. of property are three quarters of a million dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. That's not even that surprising. These things would not That's... be 250000 in most neighborhoods. Of course, of course. I heard people, oh, man, prices in Nashville are going up. Yeah, my house that was seventy nine thousand when we left fifteen thousand fifteen. Well, if it hadn't burnt down, right? But that's a different story. That property, the new one, new built on that is two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's and like, that's twenty years later. Yeah, so exactly, it does depend where you live, um, but still, it's pretty crazy. Like, I go um, like not far from here. When you go up the mountain, you go to Big Bear. There's a serious crisis of all the people working the ski resorts, the restaurant, the thing that they cannot afford to live in town. And granted, Big Bear is not that expensive by most standards. And that's a hell of a drive every day up that hill. Well, no, let's say people who live up there, right? Yeah. They want to live up there. That's the goal. Right. But the overwhelming majority of for rent places are Airbnb that, of course, charge 10 times more because they charge for the tourists coming in. Yeah, but you also need the people who work to cater to the tourists to be able to afford to live there and that's not happening because there are basically no places for rent that's ah, okay if the guy running the ski lift is kind of sleepy because he's got to drive four hours a day right back and forth, what could possibly go wrong exactly so it's um <clears throat> so there's that for sure on a happy note when uh while instead my uh, luminary contract still lasts which is uh i don't know what's happening like uh, my History on Fire contract is up in May, and I'm waiting to hear if it's a renewal or not. And uh, that clearly would change things around in terms of how I need to structure my life. Yeah. But in the meantime, I got to go to Hawaii. So uh, that Maui. Was, yes. Had you been to Maui before? Yeah, I've been twice before. Once 20 years ago, and then once right before the pandemic. Man, it's trippy out places really have an energy 
and how much that energy affects you. Well, it's, being surrounded by 7,000 miles of ocean in every direction can't hurt yeah. at all. Jungle, the, everything about it is like, I found in the first two days, I found myself every three minutes doing this thing where I just widen my chest and I go, ah. and I did it over and over and over again, where I was like, damn. I'm sensing a pattern here. This and then you is... saw the housing prices and said, oh, shit. Well, well I don't have to live there, right? No. It's like, I'm not going to end up living there, that's for sure, because, yeah, the prices are insane. But there was something about just being able to do that, even for a little bit, to have a um, break from it all and have that experience. Yeah. It was funny, too. At one point, not only you would have taken serious effort to be in a bad mode. Like, I could not be in a bad mode while I was there. Yep. But there was a moment, he was funny, we're in the car, and uh, Isa started uh, playing a song, and it was this, uh, oh yeah, I remember. It was some pretty hardcore, uh, like some hard rock. And we, she pressed play, we turned to each other 10 seconds in, and we're like, uh-uh. no, doesn't work here. It just does not fit the mood of this. And no wonder you go around the island and all you hear is pretty much reggae. Either that, either or the reggae stuff, yep. right? And it, it's just all mellow and happy and the vibe is just so damn good. So speaking of economics, my, um, you know how, Coming from Italy, I have a serious commitment to vacation. To me, it's like you can work like a dog as long as you want, but then you need to have a break where you go out and relax. And by the way, relax is a funny concept because while I was in Hawaii, I was there like eight days or something like that. <clears throat> I was more productive in two hours a day when I would sit down and work than I am normally in 12 hours a day when I'm at home. Well, it's because you had to get back to the vacation. So you get this out of the way and yeah. move on. I was like, okay, I feel great. Let me... It was all flowing through me. And that is like, okay, let's go to the beach. Let's go do this. Let's... So I was actually getting... I wasn't... I didn't stop working. I was actually working way more efficiently on less time. So it's not even vacation in that sense where you just throw your feet up and do nothing and still doing stuff. But it's with a different... So... Moral of the story, my goal in life, if I can get there at some point, my goal is to arrange my life where I get to spend one month a year in Maui, one month a year in the Black Hills, one month a year in Italy. And I don't mind working through all those months. I have no problem work putting the work in every day, but doing it well, uh, I go dip my feet in the ocean and I check hike in the Black Hills or do something like that. How are my turtle friends? Were they hanging out and oh, swimming yeah, with everybody? Oh, yeah, of course. I, um, snorkeling is great there. Yep. Oh, and snorkeling, so the turtles uh, swam with the turtles, chasing them around. Well, chasing them, you want to be respectful, so you do it at a distance, but yep. keeping an eye on them. and uh, They will approach you, though. Yeah, yeah. They're beautiful. They are absolutely incredible. The um, I don't know, man. Everything about that place is... Uh, it's pretty close to my image of heaven is i have never been there once where i'm like man this sucked or <clears throat> i'm in a bad mood or something it was just like that would be unfortunate i mean i'm sure you can i'm Absolutely. sure there are ways to make that happen but you probably would have to bring it with you but yeah it's uh maybe if you live there all the time you start taking some things for granted and then you deal with the reality of some problems in the island i get it but when you are coming from anywhere else and you go there it's just so good that seems to be a lot of great restaurants closed though i mean the breakfast was closed the um i'm sure the house of poi was still happening in places like that but just looking up some of our favorite places they were a lot of them closed well i mean i'm sure they got hit really hard I'm from sure covid there was um i do believe all the supply comes from costco a friend we met there who um, was telling me that during covid he would walk up to Kanapali, the beach, yeah. and, you know, one of the prime tourist destinations. There was no one person from co oh. corner to... He would be walking alone on the beach by himself there. Well, it means and, naked beach walking time. For right. Certain. Or he went... Uh, a friend of his uh, had a boat, so they went to Molokini, which is the spot where everybody goes snorkeling because yeah. it's fantastic. It's out there. Did you guys go out there? Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's ridiculous, isn't it? But, you know, you go there and... It's 
regardless, it's an experience worth having. It's beautiful. But there are, there's a boat 50, 20 yards away, and then another, and then another. And there are, I don't know, 300 people in the water next to you. Yeah. He said he went and it was almost scary because there was no one in the water, no no other boat. Theirs was the only boat, the two of them hopping there and just swam around. And he was almost scary because you are so used to having people in there yeah. and to be completely alone in the middle of the ocean <laughs> was just like, whoa, this is a little leery. It changes that strategy but, of uh, I don't have to swim faster than everybody. I just have to swim faster than you. Right. That's no longer. Yeah, that doesn't ex- work very well yeah, without the crowd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, um, but yeah, no, of course they got hit hard, like any place that caters to tourism. It's pretty rough, you know, that's just how it is. But um, but yeah, man, totally worth visiting once in your life. Absolutely. Let alone if you can make it more, that's uh, even better. Because I really feel like... What, did you fly out Hawaiian Airlines or um, Southwest? No, I think as United. Um, it was whatever the cheapest deal we could find. and uh, I just and know Hawaiian one. was serving uh, rum drinks as we were approaching. Oh, nice. Oh, very nice. That helps. Yeah. That definitely helps. I feel more prepared. Yes. To walk out into the open air airport and collect your belongings. Yes. Now it's a whole... Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just so... Because I grew up... Um, <laughs> man, where I grew up... In the part of town where I grew up in Milan, yeah. it was just nothing but concrete... Not so many um, palm trees. <laughs> fourth floor in an eight-floor apartment building. Uh, you pretty much could only open the windows very shortly, just so that the air is not totally stale inside, because the air coming from outside there was usually about. You would gather about an inch of dust in oh if you leave God. it open within four hours. It would just be pure air pollution straight on everywhere. The the park close by where you would go, you know, oh, Trees Park, it was Needle Highway pretty oh, much. It was, was heroin. I guess that. Heroin, heroin needles everywhere and um, dog shit everywhere, you know, that kind of stuff. And so you're like, you live in a place like that, the vibe is different. You know, the, even like we were saying a minute ago, like this, the music you would listen to is different because your energy is different, right? You yeah. know, it's like uh, some serious hardcore rap or intense rock make no sense in the middle of Hawaii. Whereas it makes a lot of sense if you grow up in an angry <laughs> edgy. <alleys> yes. <laughs> you know, it's like then it makes a lot, it fits the place very well. That's not know? the way they made it look in the house of Gucci. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> there's that too, right? Yeah. There is the people who have the house in the tiny area of Milan that's fantastic on with the view of the whole city, and then they go out in their villa at Le Como or something. <sighs> yeah, that's a different lifestyle, of course. But but yeah, in general, yeah, different. Uh, it's interesting to how places really have, much like people, places have their own energy. And it's just it's something else. This Ojai is not that bad itself. No, this Ojai is definitely not that bad. So this is a great baseline that I get to visit Hawaii. So yeah, right now I'm not bitching about anything. You know, it's like... How's uh, our pal Richard Gordon? Is he doing well? Oh yeah, because that's actually what makes the vacation more affordable is the courteous hospitality of our former guest Richard Gordon who uh, lives in a beautiful place on the north side of the island. And um, yeah, man, that was great. I, even now, some days I'm here and again, I'm not in a bad place in Hawaii. I'm in a really awesome place and I'm working and I literally meditate myself into that place in Hawaii. Like I see myself at Richard Gordon's table with the view of the jungle and all of that. And I'm like, if I'm already doing not bad to begin with, then I have that visual and I'm like, ah, this feels nice. Yeah. That's what, for our last time we went up into the rainforest because, you know, come on, we got the ocean here. Yep, yep, yep. And just to be up amongst that and hear the wind through the trees at night and just quiet. We were waiting for the luminaries to walk up. There's, we were like a big valley. So uh-huh. the, the main break down to the ocean was along there. And the, the landlady or the B&B lady was like, oh, yeah, if you're lucky, the luminous beings will walk up. 
they never, didn't show up. I never got that high. So Damn just, it. That's unfortunate. Well, I was hoping they'd come with that. would be pretty cool to see. Yep, yep. A hundred foot tall light beings strolling up the valley <laughs> in the moonlight. Wouldn't be so bad. Until they squished you, I guess. But yeah, that would Perhaps part. they couldn't. Right. They are... Photons can't squish you. Exactly. They are <laughs> light and happiness. Exactly. Yes. Even that was trippy when, speaking of light and happiness, the fact that Hawaiians have a huge fighting culture makes no sense to me. I'm like, you're fucking Hawaii. Why do you want to fight? You know what I mean? Because it's, we're on this mountain and you're on that mountain, so we're going to have to tussle about it at some point. Oh, and we'd make the meanest weapons, like yeah. swordfish, uh, I don't even call them tooth or the, the, yeah, the blades of just nasty looking things. Even in Maui, there's a spot where like King Kamehameha landed these yeah. forces, conquered the island. They have this giant battle, and I'm like, what the hell? Why can't we all just get along? Why? There's pineapple right there. I know. Just Plenty of them. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> but um, He was a unifier. Yeah. Yeah. I, kind of. Yeah. The people that got unified might compl- not completely yeah, agree with that. Yeah, maybe we're big fans <laughs> for overly. But yeah, it's trippy, man. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, uh, well, it's always been my line, right? What do I want to do in life? I want to become king of Hawaii. That's the goal, but um, you're a step closer now. Yeah, you've done yep, more reconnaissance. Yep, I. Uh, you kill them with kindness. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. So I need to. Uh, I need to scheme and hustle to figure out to make that happen. To not literally King of Hawaii, but seriously, if I can get one month of hard work while I'm in Hawaii and write a lot and research a lot and do whatever I need to do, man. That would be three months of work here. Yeah, that wouldn't suck. That would not suck at all. So I'm a fan of that plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my homeland, so. Right. I'd be missing it. It's not a bad homeland to have. No, man. I'm native. Yeah. I figure they have to accept me. Right. There are Even with my blue howly eyes. So. Right. You can still get yeah, away with it. That's where I arrived. Speaking of taking breaks and heading to Hawaii, maybe not heading to Hawaii, maybe much more moderate. But um, I mean, the thing we were just saying now, this idea that sometimes you can get more done, like, you know, there's the classic idea that uh, productivity, you either work hard where you bust your ass and work like a dog to get stuff done, or you are this happy, lazy bastard under the sun. And the two are, you know, one is a happier life, but you are a lazy fuck who doesn't do anything and is broke. Or you are the hardworking, tough guy, whoever. All you do is sleep. Yeah, there's not much left. It's, um, I feel that Ooh, that's based that was exciting. on That's based a on A giant it. hurricane. Yeah, gust of wind hit the table right now. <laughs> I think that's based on a bad dichotomy. Like most bad dichotomies where they have this black and white worldview. I mean, my experience right now is exactly that. It's like I was having a blast, I was relaxing, and I was getting more done, not less. Same thing that seems to hold true in study after study where you give workers more time off you reward the fact that, hey, when you are here, work hard, but other than that, take time off. Your productivity goes way up. Exactly. Whereas, like, wait, they have more days of vacation and they get more stuff done. How does that work? Because they actually, you are recharged, you feel good, you have more energy. So now you want to put energy into what you're doing and also the fact that your boss is fair and let you have that kind of lifestyle that other bosses don't. Well, why would anybody want miserable workers? That exactly. just seems to make your job five times harder if everybody hates what they're doing, doesn't want to be there, calls in all the time, gets away as much as they can, slacks as much as they can. Well, we do give you two weeks of vacation a year. 
I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, you know, I didn't know about any of this till I got here and worked with all those Germans. You forget it, July, they will be gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and they're going to get their they're... eight weeks of vacation. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. And it just makes sense because mm -hmm. when they get back, a recharge, recharge good. ready to get to it again. Yep. 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 Not just, well, I, I know I got to take that one week at Christmas. Yeah. And then I guess we'll do our anniversary because that's kind of like July. And that's it. Other than that, you're on the fucking grindstone. Pretty whip much. Cracked. I just, man, I'm ready. I, I have my sticker here. We still know where the pitchforks are buried. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, man, it might pretty much goddamn be time because I think they love having this giant fracture in the country right now. Let's argue about vaccines. Let's argue about sure. who gets guns. Let's argue about medical. They love it. Because sure. they don't have to do anything to keep under control. Of course, because then the, nobody's questioning the economics of it all. In the day the poor people set all that shit aside yeah. and decide, why don't we find out why the billionaires pay no taxes yep. while we struggle? I mean, one of the most insane things, I don't know exactly what the cutoff number is, but I think it's $142,000. Once you reach that point to pay in on Social Security, you don't have to pay anymore. Like you for all time. So if you if, if Jeff Bezos, mm -hmm. yeah, of course his accountants will show you that he made nine dollars. Sure, last year. of course. But let's just say a guy that's actually reporting a huge income like that. Yeah. If he would pay those next seven million into Social Security, mm -hmm. it would be solvent for all time. Mm. But for some reason, because of that cutoff, guess who does all the paying? Of course, of course. And it's just insanity. It I is. Mean, I, if you have a billion dollars, yeah. How could you miss ten million? And a lot of this is based on a really myopic view that's bad for everybody, including the people, like including the boss who's trying to squeeze every ounce of labor from their workers. It's like you could not be an asshole and get what you want more of it because yeah. you will get more. What do you want? You want productivity. Well, you can get productivity. Yep by actually being cooler and nicer. Now, of course, it doesn't work with everybody. Like, there are people who are going to take advantage who are like, great, give me the vacation, and then I still don't give you shit when I come back. But that won't be and, the majority. No, and also, you know, there will be a long line at the door of people who want to have that chance because you are cooler and nicer and you allow them to have a much better lifestyle. Yep. And, and so in that sense, I'm like, this is not it's kind of like those things where it's like do we want a solid economy or a good environment it's like you need to have both otherwise you're screwed well and if you have a good environment you will have a more solid economy. right so it's like you cannot choose it's one of those uh do you want to learn how to write or learn how to read it's like it's kind of important to have both you know Gee, we gotta learn both that right. sounds like a pain in the ass it's so that to me is one of the things where it's like there's something to be said for this more Taoist approach to leadership, but also it applies on other level. Like I was remembering the other day, like when I was, um, when I hit junior high, I remember somebody must have shared with me the notion that if you put a thermometer to a lamp, you can keep an eye on and make sure you don't explode the thermometer, but yep. just quickly, suddenly the mercury will rise and it looks like you have a fever and you get to stay home from school, right? Well, son, it says you, 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 your temperature is 217 degrees. Right? Yeah, that would be a problem. No, you do it, you see it, and yep. you stop right on the dot, right? <laughs> and... Uh, and so I did it a few times and I felt so cool. And obviously by that I was like, okay, you know, I know what's up. So the his thing was like, you know, you can just tell me, right? You know, if you need a day off, if you are burned out and you just want to stay home and play, just make sure you pick a day where you don't fall horrendously behind. Make sure you pick a day where you're not in trouble if you miss that day. And then who cares? Yes, you had a stomachache. Go, signed, boom, stay home. Okay, just that way. And I would see like kids who would uh, ditch school by, they still wake up early. They still get their bag. They go to school, but they don't. And then they stay out all morning in the cold sometime in winter in Milan. And I'm like, how is that beneficial? That's not, that doesn't fucking help. No, and then you're still behind in, in class. Exactly. So I'm just like, whereas... That And of course, with that in mind, with the fact that I was free to stay home anytime I wanted. But of course, with the idea that, yeah, you want to be smart about it so that it doesn't come back to bite you in the ass. 
look at that miracle suddenly i was pretty <laughs> responsible and i would take my mental health day once a month or something or six weeks i would have one day where i'm like i'm burned i need a day off and i would take a day off and then i would just go ahead do my work do well in school and do whatever is needed but there wasn't this sneaking around hiding bullshit because no you're supposed to work hard every single day it's like you do until you can't and you know even even if you want to measure it in productivity declines the more burned out you are so isn't that better to just make me feel a little better make me feel not burned out then i get back to work and i'm fresher and you would think that is not a genius idea except that it's rare you know you think it's obvious it's like well of course that makes sense except that it's so rare whether in the workplace whether in the way parents raise their kids, whether in all these kind of ways. So I feel like, I don't know, man, why don't we take this more Taoist approach of like, no, we want this and that. We want you to be productive and responsible, but that does not come at the price of you sacrificing your happiness or your mental health or your energy. You can have both. There's nothing wrong with shooting for... Actually, not only there's nothing wrong with shooting for both, you need to be shooting for both because one without the other will fuck you up. Yeah, which is clearly what's happening to the society right now. Yep. So it's... Um, and it, uh, Granted, once we say it as a general philosophical principle, then pulling it off, like finding that balance is not easy. It's a good goal to have that as a... You know, we have that in mind that we need to find a balance between these two things. Then yeah. actually finding it is a different story. Like I was having this conversation with Is a lot lately because she does a lot outside of school. Yeah. She's a great singer, so she practices her singing. She wants to also do more with music, with piano and guitar. She wants to do taekwondo. She, there are a lot of stuff that you need to, she wants to learn Italian. There's a lot of stuff that you need to put in the time to get good. And of course, there's only so much time and you are a kid and you don't want to be spending all your time practicing shit. You also just want to play and relax and whatever, right? I would recommend that. <laughs> yeah, and that's important. <laughs> at the same time, you want to get good at something and that does not happen unless you put in the time and energy. So it's there's a bit of a tension there between there's 24 hours in a day, you want to goof off and play, great, and you want to get good at something which requires some serious discipline and... And there's a range there, right? Like I saw this, uh, with this, we were laughing our asses off because we saw this video of this, um, pretty sure, uh, yeah, I'm 99.9% sure she's Chinese. Yeah, pretty sure I heard her speak Mandarin. So Ch little Chinese girl, she was like six, seven, eight years old, something like that. Absolute guitar prodigy. Right, her dad is a guitar instructor, and you see this little girl just with a guitar bigger than her, and she starts playing flamenco like a pro, right? Just, but then you realize how it works. Yeah, you could just see the unhappiness in her well, eyes. Well, no, she seemed happy, but probably is also a cultural context that allow you for somebody to work that hard and be happy because like at one point in her speech she, when she gives tips for people to learn how to play guitar pick it up when you're three yeah and she says you know but you want to make sure not to practice more than six hours a day because oh. that could lead to a burnout and i was like I i'm sorry come again you're seven years old and you're talking about practicing six hours a day. Yeah, there's things I really like that I don't want to do six hours a day. And uh, and she say, yeah, and sometimes you can cheat, which, by the way, this was a good tip. But still, that's like she say, I'll uh, put a Disney movie on and I'll watch my movie and I'll play this one guitar riff that lasts eight seconds for an hour and a half straight while I watch my movie. So I'm watching my movie and I'm going da 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 and you know it eventually becomes muscle memory, and you have done that guitar riff that by the time you just actually play, you do it Hendrix style, right, with your teeth behind your back or something. Because, but the level of discipline required, and and there's a different culture there, right? You know, Chinese culture leans heavily on the work like a dog and then work harder. So that, you know, we'll get you a doll for Christmas that you can look the rest of the year, you know. But, <laughs> you know, and, and again, of course, I'm stereotyping, but 
not really, like the number of Chinese friends I've had who told me, who never became musicians, by the way, who were required to practice like three hours a day on the piano or something yeah. by their parents. The only thing they learned was to hate it. Yeah, and so there's something to be said about where do you draw that line? Because he was like, Jesus, I feel like if I practice an hour a day, I'm the world champion. And then I realize, okay, maybe there's... Where exactly you draw the line? I think it's dynamic. I think it's hard to figure it out and you need to tweak it constantly. Sometimes you go more on the push hard. Sometimes you need to ease up a little more. But as a goal, at least, to put that as a goal is like, I want to get good at things. I want to be productive. I want to make stuff happen. But I also want to enjoy life and just... Yeah, I just it's too short, man. Yeah. I, I was watching, I don't know, the documentary just behind the scenes of those spelling bee kids. Mm -hmm. And that's all day, every day. Yeah. The, I mean, at least you play guitar, you make also music. Yeah. At least it's but like, no, learn. now you know how to spell. Fuck yeah. that. From it's, dead languages? Yeah. And, just my god no that's painful that's bad that just there's not even the redeeming quality at the end that you are a phenomenal musician or something is there just something terrible about everybody's desire to be first is that it seems like more because when you look at them oh that's good i want to be the champion yeah but these folks that dedicate everything yeah only to blow their fucking knee out of course you know or i mean in some cases goes back to economics is your way out of poverty certainly to i totally understand that absolutely excellent at that one thing which is another insane thing yep. these athletes they make so much yep if you had handed me a check for 14 million dollars when i was 21 nothing good would have happened right yeah it's the so requires it's all sort of like i mean we just seem to be rooting for the long thing yeah the game is supposed to be fun it's not supposed to be if I don't win, it's all a waste. Yeah, and again, you can understand both sides of the equation, right? You sure. can understand uh, you want to be that mastery. Person. You want to yeah. do something great. You want to achieve something. Nothing wrong with that. But what do you trade off for that? Exactly. It's like, can we do that with a balance? And can you can't. we do that? And, and in fact, there's a, like some professions, some things you cannot. You need to be absolutely obsessed. I mean, you cannot be obsessive and be great at that thing. You cannot be not obsessive and be the number one in the world at that thing. You know, that's just not how it works. And of course, for each number one in the world, there are another 40,000 people who have tried to be number one in the world, got to be really, really good, but not really number good, one in the world. But not nearly know? good enough. Exactly. So it's, I, I do, that's why I'm a big believer in the becoming really good at two or three things. Yeah. Not necessarily becoming the one expert be all and all on earth at one thing, because I feel that that's sacrificing life on the altar of uh, specialization where you... Yeah, and when you find yourself with this singular expertise, yeah. you often cannot explain your expertise to non-experts in that same field. Absolutely. So then you're really done for. You're just, yeah. well, that's your thing. Enjoy it because you don't have anything, anything to say about anything else. And that's one thing that I hear a lot from people who are like, they want, uh, whether in romantic relationships or in friendship or stuff, they want to have people that they can talk about the, the same stuff they are into, right? And I'm like, eh, I care and I don't. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think about that shit enough on my own. <laughs> I don't need to have every interaction that revolve around that stuff. No, it's better to that's have some differences. Exactly. So once in a while you can split off and, uh, well, you go watch your Scandinavian noir shows. There's that. Because I would rather watch Static. There's both. There's that, right? The ability to choose to be together and choose different paths. But also there's the fact of like, great, we got to talk about shit that's not what I obsess about at the eight hours a day. I got to enjoy, I got to play with other things in life that I don't necessarily need to be an expert on, but I can have a fun conversation about. Yes. Why not? You know. So it's, um, I mean, at the end of the game, it really always boils down to the same thing. It's that dance between yin and yang where finding that sweet spot where it's not the classic Western dualism of one is good and one is evil. Is that they're both good in their own ways. They're the separate energies Find blending together. that perfect blend at the moment with the right balance. That's the art of life.
Uh, easier said than done. Clearly. No doubt. But just putting it up there as a goal, that puts you already way ahead of most of the worldview of most other people who are stuck is this mindset. For me to get mine, I need to screw you over. For my productivity to go up, I need to exploit all my workers. For me to become good at anything, I need to sacrifice my happiness. For all that shit where it's like, no, 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 no. Let's go to the fact that you want and need both, and then let's figure out the strategy of how to achieve it. But at least let's start with the baseline, which is both goals are legitimate. Yes, doesn't seem like we're asking for the moon there, right? And it's and that's why I think what we do in the kind of conversation we do, that tends to be the recurring theme a lot. And because that's life. Because <laughs> that's how life works. You know, it's what... It's clearly... George Clooney just turned 60, mm-hmm. and he was quick to report, isn't it amazing how fast 20 years can pop by? Oh, yeah. And that being 60 clearly means in 20 years he'll be 80. Yep. That you can fake some things at 60. Yep. But when you're 80, what do you say? If I try to jump out on a rope swing, when I clench it, I might shit myself. So there's yeah. things will, you know. And it's so clear from this end that this time is fast. Mm-hmm. And it does fly by. Mm-hmm. And to not sit and, you know, smell the roses for a moment and just constantly chasing things that you're never going to achieve. Right. I think... I, I guess we said it so many times. It's those guys that the the ones five to ten millionaires yeah. are the most miserable people on the planet because mm-hmm. they, they are just constantly wanting more and uh, and looking at that billionaire and going, "Well, if only I had." And yeah, it seems I don't know how. Why can't people just be pleased to have a nice day and, and enjoy a nice breakfast with folks? And yeah, it's almost like endless competition and got to be number one. Kind of is wrecking everything. It's almost like those two psychological drives cater to different human beings. There is the let's smell the roses, enjoy life, and Jesus, man, you should get your act together once in a while, versus the I need to work hard, I need to hustle. That's one day I will be happy thanks to that. Well, of course, that will never happen. But like, and both of those things are good in their own way and terrible in their own way. Again, the trick is balancing both, yep. but it doesn't seem to be a common characteristic to be able to play that game, to be able... People seem to be pulled one way or another, you well, know? No one sat on their deathbed and said, I wish I'd worked a few more days. Yeah, the worst of all is the people who are hustle, 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 and not only they don't get to happiness, because that's an elusive goal often when you are addicted to the hustle, right. but they don't even get to the benefit of the art. They don't even get to have yeah. the $8 million kind of shit. Not even there. They just so work themselves like, to death. Exactly. It's like, well, that really didn't work well. <laughs> that was not what we are shooting for. Oh, shooting. So we've come full circle. Yes. So on that note, in and Young, man. Yeah, guys. Study it. Figure it out how to apply it in your life because that's at the roots of it all. Now go take a few deep breaths. Yes. Well, funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. And that was, hey, a Rich and Valeli episode. That was fun. We should also, since I forgot to do it in the open, we should also give thanks to Daisy House for providing us with the music. That's always deeply appreciated. Our pal Wandering Ghost also had a little interstitial music in there. Very cool. Very cool. That's right. I noticed that. I think we call it a day and wish everyone a good one. Yeah, guys. Take care of each other. Switch. D B O L E L L I. Good shit. R I C H I M O N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dallas Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Danielli at D-Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, yeah? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me. Can you about, translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's a bit too powerful. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?